I never expected having a child to change my identity in so many different ways. See, I love working. I really like working. Um, and I love being a developer. I love being an engineering manager. I love solving hard problems every day. And I've always worn a lot of hats. Uh, I work at GitHub as the engineering manager for Adam, as well as for another team that's working on a secret product, reimagining fun and collaboration in code. I'm also a Mozilla Tech speaker uh, on the board of Ruby Together, and I run a podcast called Parent Driven Development about being a parent in tech. I have stickers for all of these things, um, so if you want to chat about any of them, please come find me. I've also been a community organizer, a mentor, a developer, an entrepreneur, a COO, and then all of a sudden I was a mom. So this is Devin. He was born in April 2015. This talk is going to have a lot of pictures of him, as well as his sister. So Devin's a full-blown toddler now, and joined by his sister Layla, who's just over a year. So today, I want to talk about the challenges people who are parents and developers face, as well as what some solutions are and how these solutions can help a company and an entire team. So uh, when Devin was about five months old, I felt like I was losing my mind. I had been back at work full time for a while. If you want to hear a separate rant, come and talk to me about maternity leave in the States. And after a particularly bad week of very little sleep at night and having a really challenging work week, I just, I really wasn't sure if I could do it. How was I going to keep learning all the things that I need to be learning while being a great mom, a great employee, and an adequate partner? How did others do it? Was I being unrealistic? Was I being lazy? Could I even be a good mom and a good developer? Or was this industry just truly not for me? And if I'm being really honest, there have been many times in the past four years where even though I love tech and I love code, I've thought about how nice it would be to just go and do a job that I could do on autopilot. I seriously thought about leaving the industry. You see these cute pictures of parents or kids on Facebook or Instagram, but it's not always like that. And for me, in the early days, it definitely usually wasn't like that. It was hard. It was tiring. It was frustrating. It was also amazing and all-encompassing. It was really, really lonely. Based on what I was experiencing, I created a survey to ask parents a few questions about this issue. And what I found out from reading hundreds of surveys is that there are some real trends and common issues. In an industry that values open source contributions, GitHub as your resume, and keeping up to date with the most recent programming developments, parents are struggling. So let me take a second to describe a typical day from a few months ago. So Devin wakes up around 7, Layla around 7.30, which is already pretty amazing. A lot of parents' days start closer to 5.30 or 6. Uh, I would nurse Layla while Devin has sort of a glass of milk. And then by 8, 
8.15. We like really need to get moving. Get everyone dressed, brush teeth, make car breakfast. You can feel free to judge, but I am not a morning person. My son is not a morning person. Car breakfast is what works very well for us. Um, and at 8.45, our nanny comes, which is already a huge privilege. By 9, I dropped Devin off at preschool. By 9.25, I was home pumping breast milk, usually while making coffee, eating breakfast, and um, starting to check some emails. Then I would jump into the workday, do that punctuated by a few more breast milk pumping breaks until about 5.15. At 5.15, I race out the door, I grab Layla, put her in the car, we go pick up Devin from preschool, we try to get home by 6.15, and then from 6.15 to 7.15, my husband and I do dinner for the kids, sometimes try to cook our dinner, clean up dinner and toys, bath time, bedtime, etc. From 7.45 until around 9, we finish cooking, we eat dinner, we clean up, we prep food and bottles for the next day, jot down any childcare notes, talk about any pertinent, ho uh, pertinent household stuff that we need to. We usually relax for like 30 minutes, and then we head to bed. And we have it pretty good, even with two. Now, fortunately, uh, this was a day from a couple of months ago. I got a lot more time back in my day as I weaned my daughter and didn't need to pump breast milk. Dropping the number of times that I had to pump in a day felt amazing. I had more time to concentrate and didn't have to go through this huge context switch every two hours. And I mention this tangent because pumping breast milk was mentioned in over half of surveys for mothers in their answers about company provisions or issues they faced. Now, the only time in that whole day that I would have to do any code um, for myself would be those last 30 minutes that I have to relax. And even if I gave up that little bit of self-care time, my brain is so tired by then, I wouldn't get anywhere fast. And if you think about this in terms of code challenges that often need to be completed outside of your workday for new jobs, parents may have to spend the whole weekend just working on a couple of code challenges, which also means depending on a partner or spouse to do the childcare and not seeing your kids. This might not seem like a big deal, but when you're already working full time, it really is. And this, of course, is even more challenging if you're a single parent. If you're a single parent, then you're likely paying for weekend childcare to get these code challenges done. Another issue mentioned was being able to stay sharp. So developers live on coffee and solve really hard problems. If you are a nursing mom, you're probably getting significantly less sleep, and you can't rely on all of those cups of coffee to keep you going. A recent study from Outlet Baby Care found that over 40% of parents with babies aged zero to six months only get one to three uninterrupted hours of sleep per night. Parents lose a total of 44 days of sleep in their child's first year. And a newer study found that parents are sleep deprived for six years after they have a kid. And I'm like really selling this parenting thing right now. It's hard to keep a clear mind and solve hard problems when you're not getting uninterrupted sleep and you don't get the weekend to catch up or recharge. A parent wrote, sometimes the last thing I want to do or even have time to do when I get home is code or learn new code. Gone are the days of no responsibility and doing whatever I like when I get home. 
Finding a couple of hours to work on a personal project or pick up something new is hard, especially when trying to help out my other half, who's also tired. When I asked if having children helped or hurt their career, only a small portion of fathers said it hurt their career. They felt it either helped or had a neutral impact. About 60% of women said that having children hurt their career, but even more than that said it didn't hurt their career, but um, it changed it. Many women said it slowed their career, affecting the overall trajectory and growth potential. Now, I don't know about you, but that description certainly sounds like hurting mothers' careers to me. So here's the total breakdown of parents based on if they felt that having a child helped, hurt, had no impact, or both helped and hurt their career. And here are those same choices based on uh, mom answers and dad answers. So as you can see, when everyone's together, the portions are pretty equal, but as you break it down, it tells a much different story. And this data is backed up by additional research. This 2018 study on children and gender inequality in Denmark shows these results based on gender and earnings. In Denmark, which I know at least for most Americans, consider much closer to the gold standard in terms of supporting parents. So while there are lots of challenges that parents face, there are also lots of solutions. Looking at these surveys, there are identifiable solutions that companies can put in place, solutions that colleagues with or without children can employ, and things that parents out there can also work on. And these solutions can actually benefit an entire team. So we're going to start with the company-based ones. First, allowing work from home, remote, or unconventional working options. Even once a parent is ready to come back to work, offering different working options can make a huge difference in their happiness level. For women who are pumping, being able to work from home makes an enormous difference. For me, when I worked from home, I could pump in 22 minutes because I had everything set up and ready to go. But any time that I went into an office, it took me 32 to 34 minutes each time because I had to set up, clean up, end the travel time just to get to the room, hope that nobody's in the room, etc. Hopefully this isn't as much of an issue in Europe or outside of the States, but I wanted to mention it again because over half of surveys from women suggested issues or difficulties around pumping. If you have women at your company that are pumping in the bathroom, your company needs to seriously consider how they prioritize mothers in the workforce. Allowing working from home takes the stress of a commute out of the equation and allows parents a little more flexibility and time in their day. Another option is to offer a part-time transition back to work. So uh, surveys showed that people took this in different ways, some working less hours, some working less days, but a gradual transition back to work for pretty much as long as a company can allow it makes an enormous difference in a parent's lifestyle. Second, companies can take a much more proactive role in creating support systems. So a really simple example of this might be a parenting Slack channel where parents can share experiences, issues, and pictures of their kids. A more involved option might be to connect parents returning to work with those who have taken parental leave in the past and allow for it to be a safe space for both parties to discuss successes, issues, and challenges. Finally, train managers on what to expect when someone who has been on parental leave comes back to work. This is important for moms and dads, but for moms in particular. Oftentimes, managers in tech may have never had a mother go on maternity leave on their team. 
They have no idea what challenges that woman is facing, what questions might help or hurt her return to work transition, and how to best support her as both an employee and a colleague. Over and over again, I saw quotes like, my boss was a big part of my success when I was a new parent. Third, create realistic expectations for parents returning to work. If your company operates off of KPIs or goal setting, recognize that these goals should be revisited when parents come back to work and set new goals. These goals will likely not be as ambitious as they've been in the past. If you're a manager, encourage realistic goal setting. And if you're an employee, recognize that your whole life has changed. Give yourself at least a quarter or two to adjust to the new normal. As your children get older, you'll become more aware of what effective goal setting and realistic expectations looks like for you. Fourth, if you have children or if you don't have children or if a majority of your team is childless, don't make parent stuff weird. Right? Talk about nursing or pumping or kid things in whatever way feels comfortable. So one of the things that I did when I was back in the office after my first was create an emoji for when I was away from my computer pumping. This helped me feel open and honest about what was going on, and it did so in a way that didn't make my team feel awkward or weird about it. After my second, I just stuck my pumping times right on my calendar so folks didn't schedule meetings over them. At my previous company, I did a lightning talk uh, for the engineering team. I did two while I was pregnant about what that was like, and I did one afterwards about the science of breast milk and pumping. My team asked some really interesting questions and they had much more empathy and understanding for me afterwards. And my hope is that by exposing them to some of the terminology and experiences, they'll be more understanding and empathetic to any women or parents they might work with in the future. But this should not be incumbent on the pregnant individual to do so. Managers should have an understanding of these facts and also be willing to be the one that helps their team understand these considerations. So again, those are creative working options, support systems, realistic expectations, and normalizing it. When things like creative working options, support systems, realistic expectations, and normalization of someone's life choices are incorporated into a team or company's culture, it has positive benefits for the entire company. The open acceptance of diversity and intentional support around the uniqueness of a teammate's life creates that kind of atmosphere on a team. As managers and company employees are trained to establish and seek out things like support systems or create realistic expectations, anyone going through any sort of hardship or life adjustment will feel supported. Once you've created these systems and benefits, it's easier to see how similar accommodations for others enable teams to thrive. Support systems could help folks from burning out and normalize it being open about struggles and successes makes it more likely that someone who is burning out will speak up earlier. Realistic expectations encourage teams to craft better guidelines around work and promotions, which often help underrepresented minorities succeed. And creative working options help companies attract the best talent regardless of where they reside. There are also things that we can do as parents. First, get rid of your parent guilt, which is so much easier said than done. So I am going to tell you a story about Halloween. Um, when my son was a baby, when he was six months old, I sewed two Halloween costumes for him. And there have been so many homemade costumes since then. 
um, the picture of both my children. Those are the costumes that I frantically finished sewing about eight hours before I had to fly to Malaysia to speak at RubyConf Malaysia. Now, why? Because for me, I feel like spending this time after the kids have gone to bed, making their costumes, of course that's the reason why my kids feel like they're my top priority, right? No, that's ridiculous. That's a ridiculous statement. I know it's a ridiculous statement. It's a ridiculous statement to say. But oftentimes working parents feel this way. We feel bad when we feel like we're ordering too much takeout or we miss a special activity. But we also need to realize that working and doing something that we love is just as important for us and for our children to see. A mom said, I thought I was a bad mother and a bad developer because I didn't make everything perfect. Next, uh, schedule self-care days. So it probably took me about a year to do this, but the first time that I just took a random day off, a day where my son was in childcare, my husband was at work, and I didn't pack my day filled with uh, filled up of catch-up work or household chores, I felt so refreshed. We don't get the weekends to recharge, and vacations are really not vacations once you've had a child. So it's important to not put these days off and to make sure that you're taking at least one every couple of months just to recharge. Next, optimize the time that you have available. So as I mentioned before, a lot of surveys talked about being really aware of the finite amount of time that parents had to do work. So make sure that you're making the most of these hours. Set learning goals, focus, and figure out how to hack your day to create as much time as possible to advance whatever goals you're putting forth for yourself. Next, we can only make this better if we are united. So it wasn't until I truly felt like I was caving under the stress that I reached out to other mom developers. And it wasn't until I reached out that I learned that lots of people felt the same way that I did. I found some excellent communities of moms in tech, and it's made a huge difference. Being able to speak with one another and share challenges, solutions, and suggestions is invaluable. Just like having a support group when you have a newborn, supporting one another as parents in tech makes us stronger and better and gives us a more united voice. Next, share that mental load. Um, so I'm going to talk about moms for a moment because mothers are disproportionately affected by the weight of mental load, although this um, happens in most partnerships. In 2015, the Pew Research Center surveyed about 1,800 parents in households where they both work. They asked, who does the work of managing your children's schedules and activities? And who takes care of the kids when they're sick? Marie Kondo's recent series on Netflix was often touted as a prime example of women being crushed by responsibilities and to-do items. I mean, the number of moms who, uh, who I talked to who told me that they sat on the couch and cried while watching that show because they felt the same way was truly incredible. The New York Times had an article in February about working mothers in Japan, and it spoke about how uh, working mothers often work more than 49 hours a week and typically do close to 25 hours of housework a week, while their partners do an average of less than five. So let's say you have a partner, and let's say your partner's great, which I've actually found is already a pretty big assumption, and let's say that you feel like you've got a pretty good split of work. You share pickups and drop-offs, you share who stays at home with the kids on days off, you share cooking, cleaning, etc. But what about the other stuff? 
So who thinks about what the kids are going to eat for lunch? Who schedules doctor's appointments? Who knows what days school is going to be closed? Who knows what child needs next developmentally and then what's coming after that? Who buys the birthday presents for birthday parties that are coming up? Who reviews homework? Who plans and packs for family trips? If you're already splitting this load, then I applaud you. But for many families, this is not the case. So if you're not doing it already, share that load. I have a link and resources at the end to a worksheet that can help jumpstart this conversation. One example of what I did was put a checklist on our door of who needs what in order to leave the house in the morning. I did this because I realized that I was taking on the mental burden of having to make sure that everybody was ready in the morning, even on the days that my husband was doing drop-off. With this list, we can both make sure that everyone has everything they need without me needing to be the one that bears that burden. Finally, if you need to leave your company, leave your company. Ultimately, if your company doesn't understand the lifestyle of you as a parent and doesn't allow you to be with your children when you need to be, then if you can, try to leave. This advice came up over and over again in surveys, although admittedly a lot of surveys up until this point have been filled out by senior level developers, so I think have a little bit more flexibility in this area. So that's disappear parent guilt, self-care days, optimize your time, find a community, share the mental load, and leave if you have to. For your teams, remember that just existing as a parent on your team makes your teams better. You are organized, you need to set boundaries, and you must have some sort of work-life balance. Being this role model helps everyone, even if they don't know that you're role modeling it. A little while ago, my team had an offsite, which I brought my family to. And in order for me to be available for dinner and bedtime each evening, our day ended at 5, and we didn't meet up for dinner until 7 or 7.30. My team actually brought this up in our retro as one of the things that they loved about our offsite schedule, not knowing that I had created that break because I needed to balance running the offsite with being present for my family. When I told them the reason why the break existed, they saw that not only did that benefit me and my family, but it also benefited them by giving them a chance to recharge before evening activities. Finally, we're gonna talk about what colleagues can do, because colleagues with or without children have lots of power um, to make things better for teammates and make companies better in general. So first, uh, ask about lactation rooms if you live in a country where moms are still pumping when they return to work. So I was at a conference once uh, in America, and I needed a place to pump, and I asked the front desk person if there was a space other than the bathroom to do so. And he said, I think we have a supply closet somewhere that you can use. Fortunately, there was a security guard standing nearby who walked over and said, my wife's going through the same thing. I'm sure we can do better than a bathroom or, or supply closet, and uh, let me look around for you quickly. And sure enough, they found me an empty office. But mothers shouldn't be alone in this fight. If your company is moving into a new space or spending money building something out, suggest that they make appropriate accommodations for mothers returning to work. And if they don't know what those are, there are plenty of women who would be happy to talk to them about it. Second, just be friendly. This one's really easy, but when folks are coming back, ask how they're doing. Coming back to work can be really emotional. And so just checking in, showing them that you care and that they're appreciated and supported really makes a difference. Third, make your voice heard. Did someone suggest working late or schedule a late meeting? See someone criticizing a parent for needing to take time because their child is sick or has a doctor's appointment? 
parents often feel really guilty about taking this time or saying, I have to go, I have to run to pick up my child. It's helpful for others on the team to speak up as well and say something like, I know this meeting is running over. We want to be respectful of those with a hard stop. Or, is there any chance we can schedule this meeting a little earlier? I know it doesn't work for everyone's schedule. And finally, if someone uses a word or concept that you don't know, Google it. I like to think that most of us are pretty good at Google. Uh, we all generally like learning new things. So if you don't know what pumping is, if you're curious about childcare costs, if you've never heard of a sleep regression, or anything that a parent mentions on your team, just Google it. There's some great resources out there to learn more. So that summary is lactation rooms, be nice, speak up, and use Google. While there are specific things that colleagues can do to help parents, these actions benefit everyone and make teams stronger. These suggestions boil down to increasing empathy and curiosity and an interest in your colleagues and their lives, as well as a desire to understand one another. When these factors are incorporated into a team's DNA, it leads to stronger, more effective teams that can support and understand one another more effectively. You may ask about lactation rooms specifically to support parents on your team, but you're also learning to recognize uh, different situations where different accommodations are helpful. You're learning how to support teammates by asking questions and figuring out how to be a better ally on your team. And teams that are strong in these areas help attract and retain more diverse talent. There's some great resources out there. You can take a look at how your company is doing or how companies that you're looking at are doing. Um, these include In Her Sight, Fairy Godboss, uh, as well as a link to my site with additional resources like that mental load worksheet. The number one piece of advice that I got on surveys was that you'll never get this time with your children back. So value it, prioritize it, and try to guard it as much as possible. There are some days that I still feel like I'm not sure I can be a successful mom and in tech, but there are some days that I can give 100% to both areas, and others where I feel like I'm letting either my family or my job down. Oftentimes, though, I find myself calling on developer or manager strategies for effective parenting or vice versa. I personally think this makes me a better manager and gives me more experiences and strategies I can call upon in a variety of situations. What I also learned through speaking with parents um, and people and the amazing parents that, uh, that answered a few questions is that the struggles that I face are not unique. It's important for all of us as a community, as developers, as colleagues, as peers, and as managers to think about this. I thought that everything that I was feeling was just me, but it's everyone. Everyone has similar concerns, and a lot of people have the same issues. So let's think about how we can make it better, because they're solvable. As peers with or without children, managers, CTOs, directors of engineering, we can make the lives of parents in tech better, which will ultimately make our teams and companies better. This research is, this research is ongoing, so feel free to check out my uh, Twitter if you want to fill it out. And parents, as one person wrote on their survey, just high fives. You're awesome. Be confident. Thank you.